Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. Awesome. Okay. So we are so excited to have another guest on the show. Today we have Charlotte from the Ski Retreat. Uh, And I'm just really excited to share her story because uh, we met a few years ago over the gram. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head of how I stumbled upon you, but we got in contact and you were doing these all women's ski retreats. You were going to be coming to Tahoe. And we chatted about me maybe doing some yoga and or like a fitness class before the group went out to ski. And when you were in Tahoe, I was out of town back in Washington, but I'd connected you with Andrew's brother, who was a chef at the time. And he ended up being the private chef for that weekend retreat. And then it was a couple months later, you're going to be back in Tahoe. And that's when I was going to actually do the class, but it rained just like rained, like all that April, it felt like. And I think you ended up canceling that Tahoe retreat because the skiing was just not, not ideal So Mm -hmm. late in the season and yeah, not the best conditions. And I think that was in 2018. So yeah. And then I've just kept following along with the ski retreat for the last few years. And then we got in touch again, as you were telling me that you were, you were in Tahoe and we were going to the same uh, women's event, the wild women event that was at RMU and Truckee that a couple of gals I know helped put on the Truckee chapter. And so it was so cool to be able to meet up with you in person. Cause actually I don't think we ever got to meet in person (laughs) before that. And it felt like we had because yeah, met you years ago. And like I said, just followed along. Um, and so it was great to be able to sit down and talk to you and find out that you are uh, like here in Tahoe now full time and just ready to kind of put the gas pedal on for the ski retreat. So Heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Charlotte, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about about yourself, about your background, and we'll just start getting into really the the thick of it all and how the ski retreat even came to be for you. Because as most of us, um, we have another job first and then our, you know, something we create becomes hopefully or ideally, or maybe like our full-time job. So yeah, we'll just talk about how, how it all started and where you're at today and where the future is. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. And this is really exciting and I'm excited to share always about this year retreat, but also a big part of the ski retreat that you'll hear is, you know, women supporting other women. And so when it comes down to sharing experiences and learnings and even tactical stuff on how, you know, I've built what I've built, hopefully that can help other people. And I know I've learned a lot from other people who have built amazing companies, organizations, products, you name it. And so I'm always just so inspired and grateful from women who've like done that, been on that journey and who've been gracious and open to sharing. Right. And I think what you both are doing is amazing in that way. So thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm from Jackson, California, which is a small rural town. So I grew up and my home ski mountain is Kirkwood. That's where I learned to ski when I was like two and pretty much my whole life. I wanted to do, I've lived this life of like two dreams. One is this boss lady dream where I'm like, I want to be a CEO. I want to you know, crush it. I want to have this like crazy career. And then the other half of me is like, I just want to be a ski bum. I just want to like live in nature, you know? So I've always had that conflict, but I feel like from that conflict is where the ski retreat was born. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up, you know, in that small rural town, went to school on the coast at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, which is a great fit for me. Their motto is learn by doing. And so it's really all about like just doing something you know, don't theorize about it. Just go out there and do the thing. And to me, I really believe that's how anyone gets where they are, right? We can think and think and think Mm -hmm. in circles, but it's just like, just do something and then you can change and iterate over time. I love that (laughs) so much. And I think that is something that Amber and I resonate with like so much because I'm definitely a learner of, of doing 
like the kinetic feel. I need to to do something for it to stick into my brain uh, and really, really stay past, you know, the five minutes of what I just read of like the instructions of how to put something together. <laughs> um, and so that's really cool that that's Cal Poly's uh, mission as well. I never knew that. I know a couple of people have gone, but never, never dug in that deep. So that's awesome. Yeah. That you found a school that kind of supported those views. Yeah. And I think it was sim- symbolic or whatever you want to call it, because I didn't realize that when I joined it, but by the end, you know, it became a part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. And then I went off to start a career in tech at startups and in the Bay area after that. And that's kind of where I've been since then. So I've done sales and marketing in both um, at a, in, in startups in the Bay Area and, you know, successful ones, not successful ones, which is its own learning experience in itself. And I definitely take the learnings from that into what I do with the ski retreat. Um, luckily, you know, I have that experience. And so it's been a really cool journey um, overall. But I will say starting something on the side when you're in a startup is hard. <laughs> wow. I remember when I first was starting the ski retreat, there were a lot of tears <laughs> because oh I God, just felt yeah. so overwhelmed. Yeah. But I definitely was just called to do this because it's something that I loved. And like anything in life, you know, you go through this really hard patch of, time when you know that there's growth or change on the other side of it. And that's what has to keep you going. And don't get me wrong, I had a lot of support in a lot of different areas, which I think helped me get there. But um, yeah, it was definitely tough. But it was that passion that kind of got me going. Yeah, you you made it. You're on the other side, right? Uh, We'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) On the way still, you're like... On the way. (laughs) You can kind of see the other side, at least a glimmer of the other side, instead of being at the very bottom of the valley. Like you're like, there yeah. is, there's something I, shining. I will say this year was a bit of a tipping point for me, but we can get, we can build up to that point, you know, and I, I didn't realize it until it sort of hit me in the face where I was like, ah, okay, this is, there's been a tipping point for me mentally, emotionally, when it comes to the balance between my career that I've had for so long and then starting something new, which is the ski retreat, which is some, what I'm so passionate about. Mm-hmm. So when did you actually like start the the ski retreat? What year was it? It was 2018. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So kind of like fall, started it late, right before the season almost. I started working on it over summer and then sort of launched it um, in October with like this janky Google website and like a couple <laughs> postcards. <laughs> well, that goes uh, back to exactly what you said, the mission, right? Like just do it. And so many people want everything to be perfect. I've gone through this with the hundreds of ideas I've had for things of like, I mean, I wanted to start a podcast for a very, very, very long time. And out of all the things I've done, this is, you know, the last thing that I, I did. I started like a full business before I started the podcast on the thought of like, well, I just have to do it. But for the podcast, for some reason, was much harder for me to be like, just start talking and recording and and kind of let it grow as it goes, because you're already going to start small with a small following with any business. Right. So you have the room and opportunity to grow and find your audience and your your crowd and your people. So like just doing it, you just starting a little website and some postcards it's like, yeah, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's always been these anchor points that drive me forward that I can work backwards from. So when I first did that janky website, I knew I was working on an, another website, but I had this um, get together I was going to where you kind of had to be somewhat of a founder or entrepreneur of something to go to this. And I was like, well, I need something to show for it. And so I would like throw up that you know page and then have these postcards so I could give out. So that was really step one because I didn't want to come empty handed when I went to this gathering. And then I wanted to um, in you know how there's those ski movie premieres that happen and they travel around different cities. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go there. I had an idea. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to plan my first retreat. So I want to like hand out these postcards to all the women at this, you know, at this premiere, this TGR, you know, movie premiere. And so I did that and it actually drummed up some interest as well. And so it really um, all kind of rolled from there once I had the idea Mm -hmm. and once I knew what I wanted to do with it. So 
it's funny to think back on that. I actually haven't thought about that in a little while until before this podcast. I was like, oh yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like cringeworthy, the beginning stages of things. And I mean, I think about that even with this, I'm like, oh, we're going to listen to like our first episodes and be like, oh my God, <laughs> like, what were we well, doing? But <laughs> if it's not, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, in 2018, you started the ski retreat. What though made you want to do, like decide it was going to be an all women's thing? Were you feeling like you didn't have that yourself, like a group of women to go out and do things with, or you did have that? Like in my experience with all the women's groups I've been in, I, I didn't have a lot of women to do things with, but I had a lot of support in doing the activities that I did. Like wrestling for instance like very male dominated especially when I did it there was like hardly any girls but I had a huge huge support system and as I started to get older and see women in these more masculine like sports or or in anything and not having support I was like wow I I can't believe all these rad ladies trying to do the things just aren't getting support from anybody. So I joined a lot of these groups and got really behind a lot of the movements because I had the support. And so now I wanted to be the person giving that support to people who didn't have it. So that's what I wonder about you and with the ski retreat, like you, did you have women to ski with since you started at a young age and you were like, I want to give this to people who don't have it. Or was it a void that you were filling? It really was multifaceted. And to be honest, some of it was really selfish. So I was always very inspired by, you know, I always had, um, I think within startups, you're obviously not, um, you're around a lot of entrepreneurs, but it's a different world completely. And so I was becoming more interested in female entrepreneurs, especially, and them having different types of businesses than like the tech world. And so I started looking at, you know, create cultivate and listening to podcasts like second life, which is about women who are on a career journey. And then they change to another career, which is mostly them starting their own business. And I just became really like fascinated with women who are taking their own journey. Mm -hmm. And I also uh, have to give a credit. I went on a yoga retreat called yoga for bad people, um, (laughs) which is a really cool business. And, um, I just remember being like, how do I get this life? You know, I want to have my own thing. I want to step out of the corporate workforce. Um, what would that look like? And I'm like, I love yoga, but I don't really want to be a yoga instructor. So I'm like, what would it be? And it kind of like hit me. I was like, duh, skiing has been my passion for years. And I've planned ski trips every season for my girlfriends, for my guys and girlfriends, for my work. I'm always, you know, the planner of all these big trips. And I'm like, why don't I do those for just anyone? And at first it wasn't going to be women only. That came later. I kind of was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to start this retreat. We're going to do these cool things. But as I started really thinking about it and thinking what the weekend would look like, I had another little epiphany where I was like, oh, this needs to be women only. And it was at that point when the branding and the meaning behind it really came to fruition. And so that's where, you know, I like the website kind of explains we start with yoga, we have connection, you know, the first conversations are really important, which is like when you first have a conversation with someone and that vulnerability and that willingness to be open and learn about other people. Then of course there's those special perks like the private chef and we bring in, you know, we do creative activities, bring in someone um, like an art instructor and we do wine tasting or stuff like that sometimes. So it, to me felt really right. And then it was very aligned with um, the women supporting women sort of mission that I feel like I've always been on in that way. So skiing is funny because it's the anchor of it all, but it's really a lot more than about the skiing uh, when it comes to the connection and growth and everything. And what's so cool is these women who come on the trip, they become friends and they make, they go off and do their own trips and they've made that, those connections with people, which is so cool. So, but I will say, yes, a part of it is, you know, most women learn to ski from a boyfriend or their dad. Mm-hmm. I did. And it's not always the most compassionate environment or experience, right? It's kind yeah. of like, just talk it. You could do it. It's like, okay, maybe I don't want to, (laughs) you know, which 
on one hand is great, right? Because you're challenging yourself more, but on the other hand can be severely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so at the ski retreat, I did want to create that environment, which is you can take it at your own pace. No one's going to force you to do anything. If you're just learning, it's the perfect place to come because you can come back to the cabin. You can talk about your experience. You talk about your falls. You can cry. You can talk about the hot scene structure, whatever you want. And so it really is an, a lovely environment to learn that. We have people who come who are like expert skiers and some who have ne never, ever skied. So of course, I always recommend those who never skied to do lessons. And it's just this cool thing because they're learning something new. And as an adult, we all know that's that's hard. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that a handful of times for sure of just learning something new as an adult. Um, and like you said, this whole... the idea behind the retreat is not like we're coming here just to ski otherwise then people may be separated into their own groups of ability levels or whatnot so obviously whether you're expert skier or beginner skier like you found this retreat because you wanted like this the person was looking for more of a connection so I think that's awesome and that's just something with different retreats that the, every retreat has its own own thing and so to be able to create that like this the ski retreats about the connection and yeah we're gonna ski <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah and, and it's and, it's oh, go ahead sorry. funny because I it's like it's a random mix right like it's like we have a we one of the best things that we do from my perspective is we bring in a female entrepreneur to speak to the group in person a literal fireside chat and they talk kind of how we're talking now about their journey and I always theme the conversation around the more you fall the more you learn because that's um what my family told me growing up when I was skiing and so anytime any of us would fall they'd say okay what'd you learn and yeah. so that can be applied to business to skiing to anything you're learning in your life and so this weekend is such a mishmash of weird stuff it's like we do something artsy we do skiing we have this female entrepreneur but literally it's my perfect weekend um so yeah. I'm like <laughs> if I would like this I feel like other people would like it too yeah. and it does facilitate you know that connection and the fun I always say it's rejuvenating but not relaxing because we do wake up early and we're kind of full you know from bell to bell type of thing but it's so awesome in that way absolutely and I love that you said um you know it's like your perfect weekend so it's like oh other people have got to want to do this too because that's just kind of how I've started to do things myself as well it's like I'm not I often do feel like an anomaly, a complete anomaly. I'm like, what is wrong? Like no one else like does this or does that? Or why do I have this problem or that problem? Like, why can't I find my like twin flame or something? <laughs> I feel so alone at times, but at then again, I have like, oh, well, this is just when I'm maybe having a pity party or something. I'm like, no, there's absolutely other people out there who want to do the things I want to do or have the same struggles or anything. But most of the time it, it comes to the point where if I start to feel like kind of lonely or anything, it's like, oh, no one likes to do the things that I like to do. It's like, no, there's plenty. And that also was the stem of this podcast is like the things that we have to talk about, like are going to resonate with people like who, who knows, but it's the people who it resonates with will find us and they will find you in the ski retreat, the people who it's going to make a difference to and that are really going to connect with it are going to find it um and and it's going to be their perfect weekend too <laughs> yeah ideally yeah. that is something you bring up a good point because I think any entrepreneurial journey you go through those emotions of oh I'm not getting any signups oh my gosh this is a failure or oh like people are like it's too expensive. And then you're like, should I lower the price? You know, even though I don't make money on these yeah. <laughs> so far, <laughs> uh, you know, and so you just have to be gung ho on your vision and mission and just trust that people will kind of be attracted to it. But I mean, here I am five years later, and frankly, I've never, you know, worked on it full time, which is what I intend and hope to do. And I think that that'll put some fuel behind it. But it's sort of like slowly grown, but I am kind of amazed every season where people reach out and they say, Hey, I Googled you. I'd love to come on this trip. And they're from Nashville and DC and Austin. And they're from all over. I'm like, how did you find this? this is so cool. And those who it resonates with, it like really resonates with. And I think for me, I'm not trying to like grow it super fast, um, inorganically or anything like that. I really do want it to have that true, 
I don't know, calling to the people who want to come on it because then also it makes the experience while you're there so much better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you first planned the the first one, uh, you had your website and your postcards. Did you have, like, did you rent a place or find a place first? Or did you kind of just like, like you throw down the money, I'm going to reserve this place and I sure hope people show up. Yep, that was it. (laughs) Well, like I said, I work really well personally with these like things to work backwards from. So if there's something that I put out there, like I will hit it, you know, so I challenge myself in those ways where it's like, okay, create this crazy goal that seems impossible, but somehow some way, you know, you accomplish it even with a lot of tears. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's what I did. The first one was sort of a shot in the dark because for me, I sort of work backwards from like a vision of what I want it to look like. And with at least the way that the ski retreat looks today, it's really important for us to all be in the same cabin for me, because I really want to emulate again, my perfect ski weekend, which is where you're all in the same cabin, you ski all day, you're tired, you make food together, you kind of hang around, you have good conversations, you play games. Like that is when I, my heart is the fullest is like when I have those weekends So that's why the house was really important. And that's still to this day, the hardest part of, I think the retreat is finding the right accommodation for everyone because it needs to be very specific for me. It needs a long table where we can all eat. I love the open concept of kitchen to living room. It needs a space where we can hang out around the fire. It needs enough different types of room situations to fit a group of eight to 10 people. So it takes me hours, but I have finally found kind of that model and I've been lucky enough to find like a couple houses that I can rent the same over and over again but so yeah I just kind of booked a date and then (laughs) did whatever I could to get the word out mostly through friends and asking them to ask their friends and in the beginning and it's still really hard for me and I think a lot of especially women struggle with this is it's really hard to ask for help right it's really hard to put yourself out there. And it's so random because I'm a marketer and I'm a salesperson in my career. So I will sell the shit out of, or market the shit out of this like tech product. But when it came to marketing the ski retreat, it's like, you're so vulnerable. It's like you're marketing yourself and then you want to be more humble and you feel like you're bragging Mm -hmm. and, oh my gosh, it's such a head you know, it's messes with your head. <laughs> and it's definitely so, a mind fuck, like a hundred percent. Um, especially when it's like, yeah, you don't want to feel like you're just talking about yourself or in the beginning stages, if it's mostly your friends or family who are following you on like the social platforms or wherever you're like, pushing it more, then you're just like, Oh my God, they're going to get so annoyed of seeing my shit five times a day, every day in all these different ways that even they will stop following or sharing or something that you just want to kind of be quiet and hope it, it just, that things appear. But I think often we get in those states. I mean, it's just like having a conversation with your friend about whatever a relationship or life problem, and you can give them what you think is like the best advice, but then you're like, wait, look in the mirror. I am doing the same exact thing you are. And I'm not taking my own advice on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of my favorite sayings is talk to yourself as if you're talking to your best friend. And I don't always remember that, but I think Mm -hmm. that's just a good reminder to do that because I think it's obvious, but it's like, we're just such harsh critics on ourselves, you know? And that's where I think too, like having that support network is really important. And you do see who just like any of your potential customers or whomever with your friends, you see who's like more interested in it and interested in helping rather than others. And I don't take it personally if someone Mm -hmm. isn't, but it's just like, okay, some are really like passionate about what I'm doing and they think it's super cool and they want to help and they just feel drawn to it in that way. Some don't, and that's fine too. No Mm -hmm. worries. But um, it's also those friends too, where you're, I'm just so grateful for those friends, you know, who've helped me build this in a way. Absolutely. So was uh, Tahoe was your first destination then? Yes. Um, So I lived in San Francisco. So Tahoe, uh, growing up in Tahoe was like inevitable in terms of I knew the mountains really well. And so I felt comfortable taking people to Tahoe. 
Um, the first few years I had it in Tahoe. And then of course there was COVID and businesses like Ski Retreat are not conducive to COVID. So <laughs> that didn't happen. And then I actually, during COVID, I moved around for a couple of years in different cities just because I could work in remotely and um, come ski season. After COVID, I was living in Denver. So I actually had one retreat in Breckenridge. Um, which was really, really cool to do it in a different location. And ultimately, I would love to have the ski retreat in different locations. I think that would require me being more full-time. Or if there's, you know, a model, I'm thinking through different models for the ski retreat around having different hosts in different cities. Um, that requires a lot, obviously, trust being one of the things, but potentially employees, and that is just a whole thing. But if anyone out there is interested in being a host... You know, but it'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, Amber, Amber, Amber. Me. Washington. I could do Crystal and Snoqualmie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heck you could yeah. go up to Mount Baker. Could, yeah, but you I up in Glacier her a little bit more. But yeah, I've got some homies up here who know Glacier pretty well, and I, I mean, they, the people that I'm thinking of are definitely the personality type of it because you definitely have to be that personality type that's like hype people up and gather the people, and it definitely takes us. A niche person, so good job. Am- Amber's the number one hype girl that I know. So, <laughs> but Love that. so that with you talking about the houses and being pretty specific of what you wanted, then that that's what has to limit you to your numbers. Obviously, of how many people can come to the retreat is how many like rooms are available or or beds rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that model, it is. And so when I start thinking about, you know, getting more serious about the ski retreat and potentially taking more time to dedicate to it, I'm thinking, you know, the model that I currently have is that Thursday through Sunday, people travel in. Um, maybe the home base will be like a Tahoe area for that type of thing. But obviously, people in Tahoe don't really need a place to stay. So they wouldn't participate in the whole thing per se. But um, I can see other models where we do like day retreats where we're going on an adventure kind of starting the day and ending the day with some sort of activity or something meaningful um or yeah or just one-off events kind of like evening events um and then the ultimate dream is to actually get a piece of land and build a lodge as well as some tiny cabins and just have a home that's a retreat space that becomes year-round it becomes a summer space and you know is for mountain biking or stand-up paddling or hiking and then you know having events there I call it experiential hospitality is kind of what I've been calling what I'm going for it's like this it's really hard to describe one of the um organizations companies whatever you want to call it that's inspired me is called the Joshua Tree House And it's this couple who they're designers, they um, wanted somewhere to go off and have somewhere to design. And they bought this place in Joshua Tree House. And when they weren't there, they started Airbnb it out and then it became really popular. And so now they do kind of like retreats and stuff there and they have this beautiful space and they do these retreats. And I just am at my happiest and I'm like hosting people coming together when they're having an experience, like an amazing experience. And so if I could do that, in you know on a plot of land somewhere anywhere really I would be that would be like I've made it my life is good (laughs) I don't need anything else you know so that's the ultimate goal but there's some fun ideas I have in mind for sort of extending the brand and doing those one-off events Mm -hmm. um like one example I'll give you is are you guys I don't know if anyone listening is as old as I am but um there used to be this show on tv called MacGyver Oh, yes. Well, we know of MacGyver for sure. Yes. Okay. So, you know, MacGyver, for anyone who doesn't know, is this guy. I don't even remember his profession. Maybe he was a spy or something, but you could put him in any situation and he was, he could get out of it. Right. He got, he had the tools and he had the skills. And for me in life, I've always been like, I need to learn all these weird things just in case I'm in this weird situation. Uh, Right. And so, of what, the other day I was driving and, you know, I'm living in Lake Tahoe now and um, I actually have like snow tires, but I have chains. And then I realized if I had to put my chains on, could I really do it? And sure, I'm sure I could do it. But 
I have never done it myself. I have them there just in case. And I was like, you know what? I'm sure I'm not the only one in this scenario. So I was like, it'd be cool (laughs) to have these events. Yeah. Everyone's raising their hand. It'd be great to have these events where women learn these really cool skills that again, they might learn from a man, their partner or whomever, or they have, they pay someone to do it or whatever. I want women to have these skills and know them for themselves. And so I want to do an event series that I'm calling Miss MacGyver on how to, (laughs) on how to learn these different skills. So maybe it's waxing your skis or your snowboard, or maybe it's putting on your chains, or maybe it's chopping wood, like literally whatever. So that's an example of, you know, where I want to take the ski retreat to into these kind of like one-off events um, that are again, all about supporting women. Um, And there's a ton more that I have in mind, but anyway. I love that so much. (laughs) Miss MacGyver. Um, I will say, yes, for a long time, I carried around chains and, you know, lived in Washington in a city where we don't need them, but went to the mountains to ski. And my dad would just mostly always be, you know, do you have your chains? Whatever. I'm like, yeah, but not telling you, I have no fucking clue how to put them on. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I don't need them, but yeah, I would just carry them around. I'm like, I'm sure in the moment, you know, I can figure it out, but I'm not going to practice and I don't need to. And, uh, now I just don't have any, but yeah, I have, I've never had to put them on cause I've always just been able to rally through. So mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's been fine, but I absolutely feel the same way too. I'm like, Oh, I might have to learn how to do this sometime. Or when I go somewhere, when I was traveling, like by myself, had my camper and stuff. I mean, I always had like a hatchet, just like random tools. I keep a hammer in my truck now, but that's to open the trash cans, uh, that (laughs) the latch gets stuck. I saw someone pulling out at our, we have like a community like just dumpsters at the end of our our road that that's where we all have to dump we don't have actually like trash service here and so the latch is like stuck and I see a guy pull a hammer out of his truck to open the latch it's like ah that's the trick so hammer stays (laughs) in my truck just for the trash but like that would just be so cool because I've also always been obsessed with the women's nights like uh this happens more, I feel like, in the summer of bike mechanic nights where you go and you can learn how to change a tire, lube up your chain or do whatever. And they didn't happen, obviously, as much for the last couple of years. And there was one this year, Dames of Dirt put it on their local women's uh, uh, mountain bike group. I was so bummed I missed it because for years and years and years I've wanted to do one and I never get to do them. And some of the stuff I know how to do. And I learned how to do it just by getting on YouTube and doing it myself. But again, it comes to that connection. I'm like, if I'm going to go, I like to do this shit myself, but I want to go to a night and like, I'm going to learn something new. Maybe I'll figure out how to get faster at it. And if the other women that are here are like, have the interest in learning how to do it, I'm going to connect with them on that level that Mm -hmm. they aren't the damsel in distress. And if you are like more power to you, I mean, my mom was like, Nope, your dad does everything. I don't touch the dirt. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, you know, like, no, he'll change my tire. And I'm like, Nope, I'll go change it. You know, I don't know how I became that, but I've just been so interested in it. And I would 100% go to all of those events possible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's just see some ladies who want to go split wood and you know it ends up being like actually a, a crossfit class or something in the woods well, that's that's part of the thought where it's almost like each one will have more of a theme right that one's a little more just like workout focus where it's like okay like we're gonna get a workout so what are the things we can do and learn while we're getting a workout or right. you know but you hit the nail on the head I think for me with these types of things anything with ski retreat related it's all about that community because you can do it on your own watching YouTube, but it's so much more fun when like you're with other people doing the same thing. It's the same thing as going to like a ceramics class or, you know, just a class where you're doing things all together, even a workout class, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, there's a different energy when you're mm-hmm. all learning something together and you can kind of like laugh about it or maybe you won't even get, maybe you will fail at putting on your chains, but you yeah. learn something, Yep. right? The more you fall, the more you learn. And then you have like glass of wine afterwards and it's all good. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you said, it, things are just better most of the time with other people. I mean, there's plenty of times I work out alone or spin alone. It's just the time that I have and it can be easier. But when I go to 
just as simple as working out, go to a class. I'm like, yes, other people. And something like that, sometimes it's just simply that there's other people suffering with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, they can push me, but they're also over there dying. Like, this is great. You know, there's just <laughs> something yeah. too. Like, loves company. Exactly, exactly. Yes. But um, it, that's just amazing. And I just love those ideas so much. Um, but so with going back to just the beginnings of the ski retreat, as I'm sure uh, as you continue to grow, roadblocks and any kind of um, just issues are always going to come up. But with your first one, was there anything, because those are the ones where you're like, wow, I could have never guessed. As you go on with time, you might start to figure out like, expect I guess or anticipate some issues you might have but with the first ones you can just be like blindsided of like oh my god that's something I never would have thought of happening now how do I deal with it did you have any major things or complications like that with the first ski retreat yeah within the first couple I mean of course (laughs) and even still today I'm like oh gosh you know there's it's so there's been a couple crazy things over the course of you know doing this and in the beginning one of them was I usually use Instacart to get all the food Mm. and um you know, Tahoe is a pretty remote place and sometimes there's weather. And so one time I ordered through Instacart and they called and told me they couldn't deliver the food. And this is like, for me, food is another big part of the retreats. Like it's always really healthy. It's always really good. There's a lot of it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, cause it's just me. So I don't have time to like run to the Safeway and go do a full shop, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I was on the phone with them and they, eventually found someone to come like deliver some food and you know what is amazing what came of that was these two badass chicks were the ones who picked up this order and they came and delivered and they're like what are you guys doing (laughs) oh this is the ski retreat and they're like no way and so one of them had just started something called oh gosh venturing out I think where she does snowshoe adventures out here in Tahoe where you do a snowshoe adventure she does lunch like in a jar and then you just are out in nature all day and it's like amazing. And I remember being like, that is the coolest thing. And we've kept in touch ever since. And so that was a beautiful thing that came from, you know, this disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just one of the things. And then most recently a weird, weird thing happened where I had booked a house on, I think Airbnb and um, you know, one of the guests rightfully so potentially, you know, was, dubious of the ski retreat you know it's this like online business is this really a thing and so she was really wanted to I talked to her on the phone multiple times and sort of tried to help make her understand I'm a real person and I'm not you know this will be a thing it's gonna be awesome but you know she um asked for the link to the Airbnb so I sent it to her and she actually ended up contacting the host and which is like kind of not okay because the um sometimes you know you're not supposed to have quote events at these places whatever it's actually fine but anyway so turns out the person the host was like no that's not the person who's booked that weekend and so she was like oh this is totally fake and she tells me and I was like this is so weird yes I do and so the woman actually emailed me and said I accidentally double booked you for this house so she had and she's like I'm gonna have to cancel yours because the other people booked first and I was like oh my gosh so I had to scramble this is like probably a month before so I had some time but I but like I said the house is really important I have to find the perfect house etc etc so anyway I took hours and hours and hours finding this new house but you know what's interesting is if she wasn't so you know dubious of the ski retreat Mm -hmm. I never would have known and get like, can you imagine just showing up yeah. that day and there like, someone else is there? It would have been a complete disaster. So that now I'm like really like nervous where I'm like, okay, I have to trust that it's actually booked. Like I needed mm-hmm. like triple check with them. And so funnily enough, all these like crazy things turn into good things, but they're, they're scary. And I am, I'm still waiting for like a big disaster. Like right. I'm not naive. Like I'm a super planner and I hope that anything that I put together, you know, I've thought through all the things, but sometimes you just can't control the situation. So those are two examples. And that last one was just last year. So wow, it's not like, a, oh, you're just beginning. It's like, I yep. think continually, you know, as we know, as entrepreneurs, like things are going to happen and you're going to have to pivot and you're just going to have to make the most of it, I guess. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that pivot has been like the keyword of the world for the last two years, right? Everyone has had to pivot in their mm-hmm. lives, um, whether that's just for, for anything, just working from home, schooling from home, different jobs, losing the job, so many things. But I think it's taught a lot of people who weren't used to. So like maybe as an entrepreneur, or just a, a flexible person, you're, you've been used to pivoting or you can do it easily. But now I feel like so many more people are like on their toes and ready to do it. And it doesn't have to be just a, like a just destroyer of all things. Like, nope, wait, hold on. I can get it. And like you said, these things that happen at first are probably like, oh my gosh, like what this is, this is awful. This isn't good, but they turn out to be blessings in disguises um and not obviously not all of them will end up to be that some things will just happen and it'll be shit and it will suck and it will just not be good but you said you know not being naive and just knowing that things could happen and just being ready (laughs) always ready to to have something else in store I will tell you that you can always call me if you need some instacarting (laughs) you're like oh god I can't get groceries I'd be happy to to rally to the store and uh, pick stuff up for you and deliver. Thank you. (laughs) I did. I actually did some Instacarting last year in the winter. And one of the, one of the jobs was, it was like during a storm and I was going like, I had my boyfriend actually come with me and take his truck just because it was a little bit bigger too. We could fit more stuff. And I'm like, I got to go way up in a, like Carnelian Bay, like the top of Dollar Hill or just somewhere that I knew the neighborhoods were going to be not fun. That I was like, if I get stuck or anything, I just want to have someone else with me. Um, and then the people weren't even there when I showed up. I was like, what? <laughs> like, where are you? Like, why would you do this? Yeah. Th- they gave me like a hundred dollar cash tip after making me for making me wait and then driving in the, the terrible weather. But I was wow. like, yeah, I mean, I don't mind doing this. <laughs> Dude, like, <laughs> I, I kind of would rather be out there doing it than some other people <laughs> like on the road. Yeah. <laughs> but makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, so we've talked about kind of a little bit about where you see the future of the ski retreat with, or I guess alluding to some things with your possible little kind of side things with Miss MacGyver or day trips or whatever it may be. So what else would you like, what are the grand, grand ideas of this ski retreat? Would this be like, is your idea to get to doing this full time and and transitioning out of your, your current career? Yeah, that's the, that's the million dollar question, right? Well, ideally million dollar question, but (laughs) that'll take a while. But that's what we were kind of alluding to earlier is this year was a bit of a turning point for me just emotionally, I think, where um, I've been in my career in corporate America for over, over a decade for sure. And um, I can just start feeling where you know, the passion for the ski retreat is definitely overcoming the passion for that side. And so it's like, how do you reconcile that in your mind? You know, I have, a, I'm in a great position. I, if I'm to be in corporate America, I'm doing the job that I would love. I have an amazing team, but I'm finding sometimes I'm a little bit resentful that that is taking up more of my time than the ski retreat, right? Where I wake up and the thing that actually makes me excited is the ski retreat. And so I feel grateful that I even get to work on it at times. Um, but it's like a nights and weekends situation. Right. And so it's like, you know, I've been working on getting out a newsletter for like a month, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of a sad excuse, you know, cause I could just bang it out if I do an all night, all nighter. And if I don't go skiing, if I don't do all the things I love or whatever, but it's just that crazy balance. And so it's, yeah. I'm finding it harder and harder to balance that with my job. And so it's tough because obviously, you know, this it's steady income, like for you, Taryn, where it's like, your journey from going from entrepreneur to wanting that makes a lot of sense because that's our livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about, okay, what would it take to to actually take that leap? I don't actually know the answer yet. You know, I think mm-hmm. I do. I listen to a lot of these stories of women taking the leap and it's all different for them, right? It's either a forcing function or something that 
was unexpected. Like they were laid off and it's like, well, here I go. Or they have a baby and they're just like, yeah, now's the time. Or they feel like they have enough in their savings account to safely make the the leap. And so I think I'm like a mix of all of those things where I want to make sure I'm sort of financially okay, but that requires life changes, right? You have to, I would, I would have to make some life changes. Like I can't ski all the time and I can't travel and I can't go out to eat, you know? And so, but I, I've just started feeling like that that's going to be worth it Mm -hmm. to actually make this a reality. So the big, big dream has to do with that property, you know, having the lodge and having the little cabins and turning that into just a whole space and basically living there, you know, eventually, hopefully raising kids on that and that being just the rest of my life working on, on that. And so that would be sort of like the home base. And then if I could do you know, who knows what it'll turn into. It's already grown and changed in different ways than when I started it. And I'm so open to that. I love sort of not knowing where it's going to go. And I think that's just something that I've learned about myself or just about what it takes to start something is being okay with not knowing the end goal. I used to be such a perfectionist or, you know, I had to know what it was going to look like. And now I've totally flipped that mindset of, actually don't want to know yeah and what Oprah has this amazing saying that I always think about which is just take what's the next right step mm-hmm. you don't have to know the fifth step from now just take the next right step the next best step whatever it is and that was how she took her journey and obviously look at her now yeah <laughs> uh, so I'm like if I could be like Oprah yeah right. 100%. you know and she didn't overthink it she didn't she couldn't have imagined where she is today. And so that's what makes it exciting. And that's where it's like, it does keep the excitement alive. Cause I think in corporate America, you know, you know damn well what it's going to look like in 10 years. And we look, it's going to look the same. You're going to be at a desk. You're going to have stress in the team, you know? And so that's like the blessing and the curse of an entrepreneurial journey is like, it's could be anything, but that's what I'm looking forward to the most. That's, I mean, amazing that you mentioned, you know, it doesn't have to be, there's no end goal per se. Um, Because as we talked about before we started recording is um, again, something Amber and I have talked about a few times is life is just, just isn't linear. And we're, we're kind of, we're taught that, right. It's like, go to school, you start at point A, you get to point B and then, and that's kind of it. But then you learn out of high school that maybe you don't want to go straight to college or even if you do go straight to college um most of my friends who did and got their degree in four years are not doing anything with that degree they went into working in their in any other industry and now maybe they've created a career out of that it's awesome that they have that uh, option and a degree or anything or they can create something from that later but it's just like, yeah, why? Maybe they would have never gone to school at all in the first place. But it mm-hmm. was like, nope, this is what you're supposed to do. And it may be like, I'm going to go from A to Z to B to C and back to Z, like Amber mentioned. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how I feel my life has been for sure. I did want to say your dream about the property is like, that's exactly what I had envisioned when we were looking for our property. Uh, not do not on this property, but like a property because I'm still like, <laughs> I need my personal space. But we looked at a space we're like, oh, well, Andrew could do snowmobile tours in the winter. Donovan could cook. Um, I'll do yoga. Like we can bike yep. in the summer. Like everyone of the family had a job. Like the whole family is just going to come to this compound and we'll have a little B&B out here. And yeah, people can have like weddings or something like that. But that's, I it's think, a dream. That's, yeah, just an amazing idea. And like you said, then the family and like raising kids or something out there, it's it becomes something that is truly a part of you. Mm-hmm. and that being your business just at all and having that feeling of you do want your business to be a part of you I think it is important like you don't need your business to become you but I think it being a like a true part of yourself is important for its success when it's something that you're undertaking yourself yeah it's inevitable right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely like and you have to care about it right as soon as you lose mm-hmm. care for it, unless you're one of these super rich like CEOs who just is raking in the billions of dollars like and doesn't care what happens in his business like cool good for you but also those are the people that only care about the money and don't really care about the business or what it's doing to the world 
Mm-hmm, so, right. <laughs> like a whole nother tangent, but yeah. Um, yeah. I just, like you said, just doesn't have to be an end goal. As long as you're taking that, just that next step that's right for you at that moment is like, it feels like sometimes you take one step forward and 10 steps back, but sometimes that's yeah. just what has to happen to get to that right next step. <laughs> exactly her oprah her almighty oprah's words (laughs) absolutely yeah and i love so like for anyone out there i love collaborating i love partnering of course we have you know women come to the retreat who are the speakers or the makers or the instructors and so i just want to meet people who are also on their own journey i get so inspired by hearing their stories and so obviously reach out i'm a at the ski retreat on instagram and the ski retreat.co is the website if you want to like check it out but it's um it's been really fun and i just look forward to doing more of it you know it just brings me joy every time i i work on something for it so yeah it's exciting i love that and just like like you said i mean that's why we're here today is just to be able to share your story so that we can have like foster those connections for for people, share the stories, inspire people, motivate people to get out there and either, you know, continue working on their side project or start their side project or um, support someone else's side project. You don't always have to be out starting your own business to feel like, you know, successful or anything. You can easily be like you kind of mentioned. I mean, my right now, our paths are a bit opposite. I had just started my business and then and did that for a few years and I was like I need some stability and a little break from just the hustle I'm like burnt out and so I went to Mm full-time employment and now my business has become that that side hustle and I'm trying to find that balance too between both of them and figure out how how you wrap it all into one without just burning the candle at both ends constantly. Mm -hmm. And I think that many of us deal with that throughout our lives, whether it's just through, through motherhood, through life in general, like you're working, you're momming, or you're working and schooling or just working and living. (laughs) (laughs) Just being a person in general. Yeah. Just being a person. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Human being, being, (laughs) all of it. Um, but yeah, it's like, so just sharing stories and making it more relatable to people, because also, like we mentioned before we started recording is I, I do this a lot. I've gotten a little bit better about it, but seeing someone, especially over the last two years who decided like they're going to start their own business and maybe, they, maybe they got laid off or maybe they had some savings. And then from the internet, it seems like, wow, they're, they're doing it and they're making it big, but it's like, nope, they're still maybe only doing it a couple hours from 10 p.m. to midnight and Mm -hmm. they're you know working their butt off to to make it a reality it's not just like yeah they have all the time in the world to put every every ounce of their being into it um and like I like I said I have to remind myself of that sometimes is that it looks like they're and maybe it's because they're getting more likes or comments or something I don't know and it's just like no none of that really really matters and you just don't really know what someone else is is doing or going through or how much they're putting into it or how much Mm -hmm. they put into it before like you said if this year um you know you're able to put more into it or something than you had in the past five years like that yeah many people might not know how much you that you've done it for five years like oh wait it took you Mm -hmm. yeah some time to get to where you're at it wasn't just like one and done get like it was it was a hit yeah and when it's you there's always like so much more you could be doing right in your own mind yep but yeah the reality is just whatever the reality is you got to be able to give back to yourself, have some quality time in with you, do yoga, because it's whenever you do something where you're like giving and putting out into the world, you have to reel it back in every once in a while and be like, okay, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what the ski retreat weekend seems like it's perfect for is those times <laughs> that you're like, you know what? I need... I need some me time. I need to hang out with some other people, get away, just like be able to just connect instead of be in my own head. 
Um, with that, so what do you have coming up this year? So far, we have a retreat in January, the 19th through the 22nd. And then some of those events that I talked about, you know, in the works for the locals here. Um, and so that's it so far. It's kind of one of those things where I kind of have to see how it goes. In fact, right. it's really poor timing with my current job. You know, there we have a big event in April and my team's big for that. So it's like really bad time for ski season. (laughs) Can't you change this? Don't you know this is ski season? But anyway, so I do what I can kind of to our earlier points, you know, you do what you can and you keep it going. I think the most important thing for me is just keeping it going, doing at least one a season if I can. And then it's been sort of on the back end of changing the look and feel a little bit. And then these other ideas, you know, that I'm kind of passionate about, that's how I'm thinking about expanding it. Eventually too, I like to do um, some corporate retreats. I think Mm -hmm. for someone in my shoes, I understand what the value would be to do something like this through my job. (laughs) So my jobs haven't really offered that. And um, I I don't know why. And so I think it'd be great to offer that to other people in, in a corporate environment. And it it does seem like in the corporate world that they're starting to get a little bit better, at least some, maybe not as big, big corporations, but the smaller ones of the importance of of mental health and um, exercise and things like that, where coming to them with a corporate event option would definitely spark interest in them where they bring it to, to their team. Hey, look, we've got this opportunity for you. Um, instead of just like, Hey, here's a gym pass for a week, but Oh yeah, no one actually, or for a month or what year, whatever, but no one uses it. They just use it for insurance purposes or something like get a better deal because they have the gym membership. But, (laughs) um, yeah, hopefully we start seeing a better, uh, like a turn of things in corporations of of accepting the fact people need, need time, time to themselves and time Mm -hmm. to connect with others outside of work. And it makes their, them more, um, uh employees more what better employees yeah yeah better more productivity that's what i'm looking for like ups the productivity and and whatnot um so january 19th that's in is that one in tahoe then yep and is is it full or what can people still sign up yeah they can we still have two spots left if people Mm -hmm. are so interested i'd love to have we have what seems like an amazing group so far i'm so excited um again it's they're all like super passionate about it and excited to come and so it's going to be really fun and we have ali conway the founder of strange bikinis Mm. coming to speak which is also very exciting she's so awesome so it's going to be super fun i'm excited for it yeah that would be so cool i'd love to just hear her speak uh i've heard her speak at a i think it was a wild women event um over the summer and yeah again just inspiring stories the 22nd mm-hmm. is the Lunar New Year. Are you going to do ah. anything to incorporate that? Well, now that I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. totally. I the dates, and so I looked at my calendar, and I was like, ooh, Lunar New Year. Because my girlfriends and I, we usually do something for Valentine's Day weekend. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's close to Valentine's Day weekend. So, yeah. That would be oh. awesome. There you go. Now you got another idea for it. You're so, the I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's right. You're the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm cool. really big on the moon. So that makes sense. Love mm-hmm. it. Well, yeah, if there's anyone out there who, because we have listeners all over from Washington <laughs> to Tahoe, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, come to Tahoe or tell your friends, if you know someone who needs something like this, then tell them about the ski retreat. There's two spots left and it's, it's going to be amazing. I just know it. <laughs> It is. Yay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, um, Charlotte mentioned you could find her at the ski retreat on Instagram and the ski retreat.co on, uh, for her website, you can reach out to her those ways, find her contact. If you have any more questions about it, and we will link that stuff in the show notes too. Um, so people can find it that way. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything else you want to leave us with Charlotte? Ooh, no. Okay. I'm, this is so fun. Thank you. Yes, Just of thank course. you for I'm so I'm feeling so much gratitude for today in particular for whatever reason this is a part of it. So I just yes, thank you everyone. Thank you universe. Thank you world. 
Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on with us today and sharing your story about the ski retreat. And we're super excited to just continue to see how it grows too. And because I, for one, am very amped on your ideas for starting out local with the little side events and whatnot. So I'll 100% be sharing those and hopefully being able to attend many of them myself too. And hopefully we can get Amber down here as well to come. Mm-hmm check them out as well and then maybe you'll do something up in washington (laughs) (laughs) awesome all right well um goodbye to all the listeners out there and we'll chat again with you soon We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the posts, share the posts, comment on the posts, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.